Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Lord, as the days are getting warmer and they're getting longer, it is so evident that there's a new season. And we thank you so much this morning, Father, that we may be here at your feet, that your spirit may minister unto us. We pray that you will soak us with your presence, that you will saturate our souls and our spirits through your holy scriptures. Minister unto us as we come bowing before you in your presence. May the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be lifted up high. And we all agree and say, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you very much. And truly welcome to everyone. The thing that we have just grown so used to is the fact that there's load shedding. It's amazing the human being, how you just adjust to things. These things don't get us down anymore. You know, if we look at the day or the date today, I think without going into too much detail, I think we all know what the day, what happened on this particular day 21 years ago. It reminds us that key events in this world can happen that changes the course of a generation. We all know through 9-11 what happened 21 years ago. And for those of us who were born prior to 2001, the world was a different place to how it is now. The generation that came after this, this is the world that they know. The Word of God teaches us in Ecclesiastes 1 verses 4 that one generation will pass and the next one will come. That will, that will happen. But the question is, what are we doing with the present generation? It reminds us of even during that time, the president of the United States was uh, a man by the name of George Bush. And there was the president of Israel was president, or he was the prime minister, Ariel Sharon. And at some point they met together. And Ariel Sharon was running late, or he was taking long before he was getting to George Bush. And George Bush got irritated with this whole situation. And eventually... The president arrived, Ariel Sharon, and he said, pardon me for being late, but I was talking to someone more important. And President Bush thought, well, what is this? And he said, I was talking to Moses. And President Bush said, well, can I talk to Moses too? And he said, sure. So he took out his cell phone and he started dialing numbers and started speaking. And he says, Moses doesn't want to talk to you. He says, because the last time he, sp he spoke to a bush, he ended up 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> you see, there are generations who are in the wilderness out there in the world. And one generation can impact a generation to come out of the wilderness. There was the generation with Esther when she was the queen and the nation was about to be destroyed, but her generation was impacted by Mordecai and by Esther in what they did. And so too, the opposite. There was a generation when Samuel was the priest and also became, he became the, uh, the, 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 the prophet over that, over that nation as well. And then they came and asked him and said, we want to be like all the other nations. We want to have our own king. 
And Samuel was so distraught with this. He, he thought, how can you ask for this? You have got God Almighty as your king, but you're asking to have a king like all the other nations on the earth. And when Samuel went to God about this, God said to him, don't worry. He says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Just give to them what they want. And then we get to the Joshua generation. And there was the generation pre-Joshua in the desert that passed away. And then Joshua and his generation came out of the desert. And then there was the generation after Joshua. And I want to read for us just two verses. You don't have to go there. It's, it's, I'm building up towards the main text. In Joshua 2 verses 7, it says this. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's the power of one person who walks in righteousness. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. So that whole nation served God during the lifetime of Joshua and those who were with him. Then verse 10 in that same chapter of, of Judges 2, it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, in other words, when everyone had now passed on, it says, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. This bothered me greatly when I read this, because how can it be? I mean, you have got Joshua as the leader, and everything that this generation had done and what they had experienced from God, I'm sure they weren't silent about this. So how could their children in that generation not know about God? And then the Word of God is so beautiful, because when you look at the Hebrew, and it says here that they did not know the Lord, this new generation, this is what it says. It says, they deliberately refused to acknowledge the authority of God. One generation, one generation after Joshua decided, we refuse to acknowledge and believe in the authority of the God whom you've been talking about. And they did exactly the opposite of what God told them to do. He said to them, don't go to those nations. He says, break down their altars and break down all the idols that they have. And they did not do that. One generation, the power of one generation. And through all of this, the stubbornness, disobedience came. And since then, the world has been on a downward spiral because that was prophetic of what was going to come for the world out there. And the world is in that state today. If we just take it a bit more personally and we make it local and we just look at South Africa, in 1994, the course of direction of this nation changed. A new nation was born because that evil demonic presence of racial segregation and separation was dealt with. Through prayer, God answered, and a new nation was born. 28 years we've been that new nation. Now, can I see all of those of you who are 30 years and older, just, or 30 years and younger, just raise your hands for me. 30 years and younger, just raise your hands for me. 30 years and younger. They used to be very shy. They're unsure whether they're 30 years or younger, but it's fine. They will catch up. 30 years and younger. This is the generation who only knows our nation, South Africa, as it is presently, they did not know how it was prior to that. They have got no idea. This is, this, is, this is the nation that they know. This is the life that they live. But what have we been sharing concerning God to this nation? 
Because God stopped the bloodbath because there were so many rumors at the time when we went and, when we went and heading into our first democratic um, voting that there would be civil war. But through prayer, nothing happened. They said the economy was going to collapse and nothing happened because through prayer it happened. This is what we've done. Six elections going since then. No war, no collapse of a nation of South Africa because this present generation has been a praying generation. But then also, what have we exposed the new generation to being this present generation? Let me share with you some of the things that had happened in the last 28 years. Because they say it takes approximately between 25 to 30 years for a new generation to emerge. They've got their own thoughts, their own ideas, and their own philosophy because they build that upon the, the previous generation. So there's a new generation in South Africa as well as a present generation. So the new generation, let's see what we've given them over the last 28 years. In 1996... In South Africa, it was legalized abortions. It was legal to do that. This is what the new generation come to know what is the norm. In that same year, it was legalized that pornographic films and photographs was legal as long as it came from outside the borders of South Africa, not inside. If that makes sense to you, good to you because it doesn't make sense to me. In 2004, online gambling and the lotto was legalized. So people can now go and gamble and, and spill their monies. 2006, same-sex marriages were legalized in our nation. In 2017, a high court ruling stated this, public schools are not allowed any longer to embrace a single religion. You cannot therefore as a school say that you are a Christian school because it goes against the constitution that says that we must be diverse. This is what we have allowed this new generation to have. This is all that they know. And we've allowed that to happen. And we've been silent concerning this. We have allowed this to happen. But despair not, because there is hope. Psalm 145, verse 4 says this. One generation shall praise your works to another. And they shall declare your mighty acts. It is our responsibility to declare the mighty acts of God so that the new generation will come to know and also declare the mighty acts of God. If they don't know God, it will be because of us failing and showing them who almighty God is. That in spite of the hardships and the difficulties that we have, may have experienced, the compromise that have come in this nation, in spite of this, we will raise them up as a generation that must know the acts of our God and who He is. And it starts one place, the entry place, the first place where it starts, it's right at home. Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 and 7 says this, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your home, in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. It starts with us at home, and I'm still building up to get where we are getting to. Because now we go back to the Joshua generation after Joshua, the one that had decided to rebel. What was it that caused them to rebel? Hebrews 2 verses 1 takes us there, and it says, and this is what they did not do. 
Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. In other words, they heard who God was. They heard of all the wonderful things that God did for them. Just as we are telling the present generation what God did for us, the clause of that racial hatred that God delivered us from, they heard this, but it says here, they did not give earnest heed to this. And if that happens, you will drift away. This word drift away in Greek means this. It's like a ship going towards its anchorage and it passes by and it misses it. There's no safe passage or no safe anchorage. But I want to take you to what the Greek says, the fullness in this translation, what the Greek says. It says here in Hebrews 2 verses 1, it is necessary and it is a duty that great and exceeding attention must be given by me to devote myself to understand the things which I have heard, which was reported so that I can understand them, so that I do not perish and drift away. It is my understanding and my duty to understand the things which are being taught by God's word. They didn't do this the nation that came, or the generation that came right after Joshua. Because in verse 4, I'm sorry, in chapter 4, verses 2, also in the book of Hebrews, this is written of them. It says, the word which they heard did not profit them or benefit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. In other words, whatever they heard, it wasn't commingled, it wasn't dovetailed with faith. They did not believe what they have heard, in other words. God's word says but that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you do not commingle faith with the word of God, you are not going to believe. We have what no other generation had before us. This generation has got this. And this is that we are the closest of all generations to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that. We have been given something that the Old Testament saints did not receive. We have been given a new and a living way. We have been given that, and that is Christ. But we don't get what the new and the living way is. And we're going to get now to the foundational text this morning, which you can go to your Bibles in the book of Hebrews chapter number 10. We're going to read there from verse 19. Because I want today for you to understand what this new and the living way is. You see, because we often talk about these things. We mention them, but we do not hear them. We do not understand or comprehend them. And that is why it has no significance or input in our lives. Because we just hear it. So let's read together from verse 19, Hebrews 10. It says there, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. By a new and a living way which he consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, without, without doubt. For he who promised is faithful. 
And then verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, by exhorting one another, in other words, encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. That day approaching is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here in verse 20 we read, the new and the living way. The word new is phenomenal what it means in the Greek. The word new means this. It is something or someone that is recently killed or freshly slain. So the new and the living way is a freshly slain Christ who made it possible that we can be in the presence of God. We talk about entering into God's holy of holies. Do we really know what it means? God says, come into it with boldness. You see, God does two things here. He tells us what the attitude must be, and He tells us what the condition is to enter into His holy of holies. Now, when God says, come boldly, He makes it very clear. It is the only condition concerning our attitude that will enter into that holy place. It is only through boldness, not through timidity, not through a lack of confidence, but through boldness. Boldness means with confidence. And we say, and we pray this often, and we say, enter into the Holy of Holies. I want to ask you the question, have you been there? What is your experience like being in the Holy of Holies? We say it, and we pray it, and we talk it, and it sounds good, and it sounds nice, but have you been there? Can you tell me what your experience is like for being in the presence of the Holy of Holies? Because this is what God does. We try to bring God down to our level because we don't understand this. We want to make sense of this and we want to understand what this is and we want to bring God down to our level. And all of what He said here points to the fact we must do the opposite. God says, enter into His holy of holies. It is not here on the earth. It is in the heavens. That means we must connect up with Him, not Him coming down to us. And when that happens, God says this. He says, I want to have an audience with you. I have an appointment with you, but you are not coming because it's not through boldness that you are coming. We speak about this, but have you really been in the presence of God, into that Holy of Holies, coming into His throne of grace? What was it like? Because I would like to know, because for every person, it will be different. I'm, of that I am certain. If you've never been there, then you've got to go and look. How do I enter into this new and into this living way? This word that says the living way, it speaks continuum. It is continuously. We can continuously be there and dwell in this, in this way. And when God says this is the new and the living way, it means that there must be an old and a dead way. And we've all come from that way. And if we're still stuck in that way, we are never going to move up. Because if you want to bring God down, you're still stuck in the old way. We have to change in order to get into the new and the living way. And now God gives us the condition of how to get there. To think of this, comprehend this, stop everything that I'm saying. Think of this. God wants to have an audience with you. 
He wants to talk to you. He is not moved or concerned what the world is doing. He doesn't care what war is going on, what one president or leader says. He says, I've made a way. A freshly slain sacrifice was made because I want to talk to you. This is what our God says. He wants to personally talk to us. And we are only going to meet with him up there in the spiritual place where you meet him there, not down here. Stop dragging God down. We must stop doing this. We must let ourselves be pulled up by God to be into that place, which is the holy of holies. We enter that. It has been made possible for us when we put on the righteousness of Christ. That is how we enter. When you come into that place, God looks at you, not at you and me as the sinner. He looks at us because we've accepted Christ and he looks at Christ's righteousness and we are made right with him and he wants to speak to us. He wants to tell us things. He wants to show us things. He wants to guide us. He wants to say, hold on, push through. Your breakthrough is near. This is what God wants to do, but we don't get there. We talk about it, but we don't get there. So let's see how we can get there because God helps us and he gives us guidance. And you will notice in verse 22, 23, and 24, it all starts with the same, with the same wording. It says, let us, let us. This is not for the unbeliever. This is the believer. Everyone can get saved, but only the believer can enter into the Holy of Holies. And it is not for you as the individual to think, I can stand on my own. God says, let us. That means it is us as the community of believers, the body of Christ, the church. The body of Christ is not the individual person. If you just come to the church and you go home every Sunday, you are just coming to feed yourself and you do nothing for the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is the body. What do we add to the body? What do we contribute to the body? Because the body only grows by our individual contribution. When we do nothing, we are not part of that body. We're separate from the body because God says here, let us, let us. These are hard words, I know, but let's get to the truth. Because if we get to what God wants us to do, we'll get to that place, which is the holy of holies. And then we will live in that, that, that new and that living way. So verse 22 says this, and let's go there. And we will dissect it a little bit. It says there, let us draw near. That means let us approach and visit God. How do we do this? Here is the condition now. With a true heart in full assurance of faith. That true heart is the word called cardia, which refers to your soul and your mind. So with a true soul and mind, we enter. We now approach and visit God. In other words, there's no doubt, because it says here, with full assurance of faith. There's no doubt. We must come with confidence, not doubting who God says that he is in, this, in, in, in his word. No doubting. And then it also says, but let us also draw near, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, Sprinkled of old was the sprinkling of the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel. Now God says you sprinkle our spirits. Because when he talks here from an evil conscience so that we walk away from the evil conscience. The conscience that God is after here is your spirit. It is the reborn spirit. That means you become God conscious. 
Then it says, having our bodies washed with pure water. Now it comes to the bodies. Washing means purification. This means your body now becomes the temple of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit. And let me just clarify something. You cannot make your body more holy than what it is. You cannot paint your body with tattoos and tell God all these scriptures of who I am and what I am. Your Christianity must be seen through the way that you live. Your body is just submitting to live a holy life. And if you haven't found it as yet, you'll come to this conclusion in verse 22. God covers the fullness of our being. He's spoken of the soul, the cardia. He's spoken of the spirit, the conscience. He's speaking of the body. Body, spirit, and soul, all and everything of us must be surrendered and yielded to God. If we are not yielded to God, none of us can enter into the Holy of Holies. Your spirit cannot enter into the Holy of Holies and your body and your, and your mind and your soul stay behind. That means full surrender unto God. Have I fully surrendered to what this says? Because when I do, I can now qualify and enter into that Holy of Holies. And then it goes to verse 23, and it says, Let us hold fast. In other words, let us possess and receive. What is it that we must possess? Verse 23 says, The confession of our hope without wavering. Now it says, in other words, This is our confident expectation of a future. Hold on to that. Without doubt, it says, because it says, for he who promised is faithful. God makes promises. He does. His word says. Here it says, and his word says, his promises are yea and amen. And we are quick to say that we want promises from God. We love God's promises. But God also promises the evil things to come if you're evil. Ask David's wife, Micah. Micah scoffed at David when he walked down and he rejoiced in God. And God said to her, he promised her, you will be childless for the rest of your life. When Gehazi stole what he was supposed to leave, God says to him, he promised him, you and your generations will forever suffer that same curse of leprosy. God promises when he promised, it is the good and the bad. We must accept it. When we live righteous, we will, we will be blessed because these promises are yes and amen. And then we go to verse 24. And now it says, let us consider one another. And here God talks about being sacrificial. In other words, unselfish. Let us consider, not let us get, but let us consider one another. Not ourselves, but one another. This is the new way. It is an unselfish way. And this new unselfish way was proved by Christ who did it unselfish. Dying for our sins, not for His. It's unselfish. And then He says, let us consider one another. In what? In order to stir up love and good works. You see, love is the root Good works is the fruit. The two are not separate from one another. The word says you shall know them by their fruit. In other words, if I, if, if I believe this, I'm asking you, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence of your good works? Because it must be there. No one can do good works except it is by love. If you just do good work, if you just do works, it means you're there to please others and to gain recognition. Let me tell you this. God will not love you more for the good works that you do. You are already saved. Just get this. He loves you already. 
We don't do good works to come into God's good books. We are already in His good book because we are saved. We do the good works now because we love Him. And we continue to do that. That's why for the Christian and for the believer, where is the evidence? This world, this generation, where do they see the good works? Because that is the evidence and the proof of God's love, the God kind of love. When you take all of this, and now you will see another thing, just how powerful it is. Verse 22, let's go to verse 22. It says there, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So we've got faith. Let's hold on to faith. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. We now got faith and hope. What is the next one coming? 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says, faith, hope, and love abides. Well, there we get it there. Verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love. The three foundations, the basic of who Christ is and what Christ expects of the body of Christ is faith, hope, and love. That is how you enter into the Holy of Holies, having faith, hope, and love in Christ who made the way for us to enter into it. And when we have faith, hope, and love, we will be bold when we come to the throne of grace, not timid. There are some Christians here like landmine Christians. You know what landmines are? They are so well hidden, but you're afraid where you should walk. But some of the Christians need to be stepped on because they need to become an explosion so that you can become explosive for the kingdom of God. You are so well hidden. We are so well hidden as landmines, but boy, oh boy, the moment they step on us, then there's an explosion. So I pray today that all of you as landmines will be stepped upon so that you can explode for the kingdom of God. Because this is what God wants for us. He wants us to enter into the new and the living way. I'm closing off with this. We have to understand this. When God says enter with boldness, that means confidence. Don't confuse confidence with self-confidence. It's got absolutely nothing to do with self-confidence. Self-confidence is boasting. Confidence is faith. Big difference. Self-confidence means it's something that I rely upon. I will exhibit this. No, no. God talks about confidence. Confidence means I am relying on someone, and that is Christ. It is God's desire for us to enter into this new and living way, to walk away from the old way. And this is not conditional to a season or a time that we are living in. This is for the now. This is for the generation now. My question is, we who are the present generation, what are we giving to the new generation? What is the new and living way that they must know? Must we continue? to let the world dictate the terms. I'm telling you, and we know this, this world seems that they are angry at us as the believers. They're not angry at us. They are angry at this because we stand on this. Everything in this book we take for our lives, they are just coming for this. They think they are coming for us. We are not going to change who we are because we will always speak what this word says. No matter what law they pass, no matter how much they're trying to bring in the evil of this world, this word says that there's a new and a living way and I am going there. I want to be in the Holy of Holies because I want to have an audience with God. And this is our future. We must go there every day into the presence of God. He's waiting. He's waiting for us. Let us no longer de delay and procrastinate because He's waiting for us. There's so much He wants to share with us, so much He wants to teach with us, teach to us. Take your eyes off the world and the worldly things. 
because you cannot take that with you into the heavens. When we, when we do not take our eyes off the troubles of this world, we are pulling God down. When we leave the troubles behind, we allow God to pull us up. Amen. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. 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 The day is coming. Verse 25, the day is coming and it is very near. I don't want any one of us to be robbed of the fact that we can enter into the Holy of Holies. I want us to share our experiences with one another. I must go to my colleagues on Monday and say, hey, how was your time with God in the Holy of Holies? What was your experience about? What did he say to you? Because this is what community is. This is what the body of Christ is, to get into fellowship with the Holy of Holies. Let's raise our hands to the heavens. Almighty Father God, we thank you so much for your word, which is powerful, which is true. Lord, it pierces the darkness and the evils of this world. And today, Father, we plead unto you, prepare our hearts and receive us as we enter into your Holy of Holies. May every person, those who are listening via the live stream included, and those present here, may all of us have an encounter with you. Enter with boldness into the Holy of Holies. And then listen to what it is that you are teaching us. That our ears may be inclined unto you. And that we will mix it with faith. So that we will go out there in this world. And show the world who Christ is. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father. And the fellowship of your Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. And all of God's people say. Amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.